Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Premier View Tipperary GAA podcast has just got its very first sponsor. The podcast is now proudly sponsored by MerchMonster.ie. On MerchMonster.ie, you can buy personalized hoodies, T-shirts, polo shirts, personalised snood face coverings and a whole lot more. They've even got a product personaliser over on their website. Go over there and check it out now. They deal in one-off orders and also in bulk orders, class hoodies, team and work polo shirts and everything else in between. Go over there and check them out now. It's MerchMonster.ie Now let's get back to this week's show. Hello and welcome to episode 49 of the Premier View Tipperary GA podcast. My name is Michael McCarthy and I'm joined by Tumi Vera's Indy Tracy and Curtis Arsfield is Sean Smith. How are you doing, boys? That's good, no. So last weekend, we once again reached the Munster final. Uh, Limerick will be our opponents uh, for what is that, the third year in a row, I think. But uh, Inda, just uh, quickly, uh, what did you make of the game? Yeah, it was a decent game. Yeah, as we were saying in the podcast last week, I think the expectations tip were going to be going to be a bit sluggish after the break, a bit slow to get going. And Claire with the with the match the week before were a bit sharper, and it looked that way early on. Tip, especially in the backs, were making a few mistakes and they coughed up a few scores for Claire. But uh, once we settled into it, I think towards the end of the first half, we were playing the better stuff. And the, uh, the Tony Kelly goal came kind of against the run of play and it was a bit jammy. But, um, you know, all the focus is on the penalty. But I think I think Tip hurled, hurled the best stuff anyway. And it's, it's just great to get the win and into another monster final. 
Yeah. John, um, leaving aside the, the penalty decision and the, the Sinbin for a moment, um, would you concur? Were Tip the better team over the 70 minutes and, and deserved their win? Oh, yeah, for sure. I'd echo in his words there. Like, the late clear goal at the end of the first half was kind of two unlucky things. Heffron blocked it and probably slipped, you know. But other than that, I'd say overall, he probably said a better team for 78% of the game, and it's fair, right? But I was like biased towards tip, but would be as a team's going out to 14 with the Simbin. Usually, some teams drive on. I you know I saw with Tip and Wexford there in the semi, you know, so it's he always playing it. But otherwise, Tip like clear shoot from outfield, got a few points, but near the end, he never really threatened the goal as much. Very hard, made a good save, and you know, also he did a good game as well. Yeah, in the, the I suppose, to get into the nitty gritty of the, of the game itself. Um, Tip started out, Dan McCormack went straight to midfield before throwing Michael Breen to wing forward. Um, and Cahill Barrett was picking up Tony Kelly. Uh, Barrett did a serious job on, on, on Kelly, didn't he? Oh, yeah, he was unreal on him. Um, this is just the quietest Tony Kelly's been since in the, in the last two years, anyway. Um, I was surprised that he followed in so far out the field as well. Kelly started in full forward, but uh, you knew he was on the job. And he moved out to midfield and Barrett was on top of him. So, you know, when, when Barrett's sticking to you, it's, it makes life very difficult for you because he has the pace to keep it in. And he's just so wiry. And I think we were saying that last week as well. If Kelly's kept quiet, it'd probably be a comfortable enough day for Tip. And look, it turned out that way. Um, I know everyone's pointing, look, I don't want to bring it up again, the penalty thing. But, you know, you, you have to make use of the extra man as well in that time. And Tip did that, like, so seen in the other games there maybe teams didn't make the use of it so you know you have to play what's put in front of you and, and clear like it's a part of the game things go against you in championship hurling every now and again but you have to you have to keep going and they seem to kind of capitulate there so yeah Barrett is, is a great job yeah um as Sean in in the first half as um especially as was maybe the first 15 minutes even the clear foot forward line seemed to be on top um Ian Galvin when Tony Kelly went full forward with Barrett. Paddy Maher was put out into the corner and he was there on Ian Galvin. And Galvin struck, what, 1-2 in, in the first eight minutes. Um, they, they, and Shanahar was giving Barry Heffernan lots of trouble as well. They, that, that was an area we could have been exposed in. Oh, for sure, yeah. And we were talking last week about how we could expose the Clare full back line, but Clare done the opposite to us the first 10-15 minutes there. Um I was kind of sitting there in the Mackey stand and kind of wondering, geez, this game could get out of hand here fairly quickly. Um, we just look a bit sluggish full, full, in the full back line. But then they did get kind of foothold there a bit and we got, and the lads that we say we needed to show up, like like Breen, Bubbles and Morris, Jake, they shut up and they helped us during that for sure. Like, and we're kind of 50-50 with some of them and we're picking our team there over the last few weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah, I suppose, it just, just I suppose on, on the team picking... We, we were surprised. Well, I won't say we were surprised, but Michael Breen in the started. He was picked to start. And I think it was even Shane was saying it. Um, Shane Brophy was saying it on Twitter that you couldn't go on the on the league um, the league team picking because you wouldn't have picked maybe one or two of the two of the guys on the team. But obviously, Breen was showing up in training and, and he showed up last Sunday, didn't he? He was very good, yeah, in fairness to him. Look, you know, Breen, like he's a kind of a victim of his own brilliance in some matches, and then you're expecting it again the next day, and he just doesn't get to those heights. But when he's running towards the goals onto the breaks, he's he's hard to stop. You know, he's just serious pace and power. And JC took that goal seriously well when he broke onto it. Yeah. Um, 
But look, like, he looked a tiny bit uncomfortable and he's, he's back to the goal and he's running onto the ball. I think it's not natural to him. But he played well enough. Um, I was disappointed Paddy Cadell didn't play, to be honest. Um, uh, Noel was kind of in and out of the game. Didn't really didn't really get onto as much ball as he usually does. But um, yeah, Breen, look, just even physically, he's a massive addition there because if you want to be matching up with the likes of Limerick, I know we might meet, end up meeting Galway again this year, but... Um, you know, you need lads that size that are athletic and powerful and he's good in the air as well. So, yes, it was a good day out for him, all right, but just need him to start doing it consistently. Yeah, and uh, Sean, I think that's probably the key and I think I've said it probably over the last couple of, and I won't say it, <laughs> I don't want to be saying it again, but he needs to produce again the next day, doesn't he? Or, or it's just in every second game. Thing. Yeah, yeah, and you need him to produce and then like, him producing kind of helps a bit when John McGrath and Noah weren't firing the tall so like, like if you were bringing a bit of passion there as well, he would have been in trouble, I think. So we kind of were lucky that other lads around him kind of got going when they did. Um, like I think no one and John were only two kind of from half back and rolling up that didn't get in the score sheet. So hopefully can turn around the next day if you do go into the starting team. Yeah. Um in the, the middle of the field, uh Dan McCormick was was unreal. He got the, the man of the match and he was putting himself about. Uh you, you already mentioned that Noel was kind of only in and out of the game, but uh, I suppose we've been in tips since what 2016. We've known how important Dan is to the to to our 15, but he's he's really taken on that mantle that I suppose Bonner had for what the first eight years of his career. Yeah, I genuinely think he's one. Of, he's probably the first name in the team sheet for me. Just so important to tip there. Jeez, he got into some amount of ball, and he's just he's doing the role he does for Burris, and we've seen it for years here in our tip, especially like. He just gets onto so much ball and he distributes it so well, wins frees, just works like an absolute dog. And he was pure class the other day again. Uh, whatever about losing, you know, one of the classier forwards, if we lost him, would be an awful bother. I think he's, he's vital for Tip. For to win in All-Ireland, we need him fit and firing. Um, no, like, I, he was good in the league. Um, played a lot of games at uh, centre-forward, but I wonder, was would it be... The best thing to do to move him back into the forwards the next day and maybe start Alan Flynn or Paddy Cadell. Um, look, he's going to be starting somewhere, but he was kind of out of the game the other day. Yeah. yeah. Um, I suppose, uh, Sean, the, um, we only brought on three subs uh, at the weekend and it's something you don't see too often anymore in the inter-county. No, no, normally you're always finishing. It's a 20-man panel or 20-man game and that. But what was it? Surprising and maybe a little bit worrying that we only brought on three on Sunday. Yeah, it's, it's kind of sitting there. John McGrath came on at half time and like Noel came on then about ten minutes later. But like then I saw Dylan Cork kind of coming on. I was kind of like, Here's what, I wouldn't I wouldn't have him in the kind of next kind of port call to come on. Um, and after that, then I thought my empty bench to see it out a bit, but he didn't, which is strange. We said like like see like is the reason Cadell didn't feature or was or is he feature? And I didn't hear him, but you know. Right, yeah. he didn't come on. Yeah, and I suppose the the most worrying thing about the whole thing is the form of Dan McGrath. And um, I mean, it, it was mentioned during the league, and he was kind of given given chances. We we thought, and and again last weekend, but um, got the got got the curly finger at half time, and he's probably one that's going to struggle now for the Munster final. It's a serious bother now, and. Um... You know, things just didn't work for me. He was kind of, he was getting out in front, any ball he was getting out in front for, I was kind of fumbling around on him. He kind of had the ball in his hand a couple of times and it just didn't stick. 
Um, but he just looks like he's divided confidence. Like that first touch that he's usually so good when he's coming onto the ball and that confidence on the ball just doesn't seem to be there. And uh, Willie Connors came on and he was good. Um, so he's in trouble for a place for the Munster final. Um, but the flip side of that is a John McGrath who's been dropped and his ego will be a bit hurt coming off the bench. Could be a good thing for Tip as well. Yeah, the, our, our full forward line, um, Sean, uh, got one eighth from play. Um, Bubbles, four, four brilliant points. Three, three of them actually cl- real classy points. Jake Morris had three points. Jamie got one, one, um, and probably could have had another, maybe two, two goals along with it. But Jamie's work rate was, I, I, I thought he was right up there with Dan McCormick for end of the match. I think he was involved in about uh, five scores. For, for Tip and and then got well albeit probably it was a, a bit of a fluky goal I don't think he went for it, but his work rate was was what stood out for me oh it was phenomenal he was seeing like he would, like we we're getting scores often but he was not getting the compliments to be honest for working he even saw it there at second half water break um she was pure pumped him in the chest no this is the way to go and he was fired up and like that's the one for a leader captain and and then you had the bubble scene to kind of back to his best. He was class looking, took his scores. Like, I take four points every game from bubbles, guaranteed. If you give it to me, there's not to his vote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in the there, just just probably going back to the, the bench or the, or the subs, is that a worry? Would you consider that to be a worry about, about our panel or maybe lack of faith in our panel by, by Liam? Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say so. I think look, subs are there, but it doesn't mean you have to use them. But um, I was surprised that Sean said that Dylan Cork was uh, was the first forward on. But I think he was happy enough with the six backs that were there, and he didn't want to upset that. Mm. And he was just looking for a big guy for an out ball there, just to hold up the ball. And look, we had an eight or point nine, eight or nine point lead there in the final ten or fifteen minutes. And I suppose there's no point in bringing lads on with the risk of injury if you know the, the scoring for us like Mark Keogh, do you know what I mean? Like he wouldn't have had been much benefit there when you're just trying to hold on to the lead. Yeah. Uh, then, then Kirk came on there, say, because even Kirk came on, he was out on the middle of the field. She kept telling him to go back into the corner. So he came out yeah. just an out ball, hit the ball in, yeah. break it up, win a free, you know, just kill the game, which yeah. she that's what we did. And yeah. you, know, you have to say, and your, your subs are kind of on the game plan as well at the time as well. Exactly. It's just depending on how the game is going. And there's, there's probably good flexibility from the management there. They know how to manage the game. and they know who's the personnel to bring in if there's a certain if it's going a certain way. So I wouldn't be wouldn't be concerned. I thought the backs were fairly good. A few, you know, the first goal, party slipped, and the second one was just a fucking lottery. You know, I blocked down and just brings back bad memories from last year against Galway in the same place. So um, you know, it was, it was a decent performance defensively. Other than that, and uh, look, it was a good good enough performance. All the attention's kind of been taken off a tip. But uh, the thing is going on around the penalty, so it's not a bad thing. Yeah, so look, we, I suppose we better we better touch on that. Um, so obviously, Jake Morris had, had lost the ball out on the Mackie stand side and, and he won it back and he was gone around his man and McCarthy came in. And I, without getting into the, the penalty side or the, the Sinbin side of it, I, I just thought this was a dangerous tackle in its own right, regardless of the... The last man back, or 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 this new rule, that, that was a dangerous tackle. He, he could have broken his leg. Yeah, he could have easily broken. His, it was. I, I don't understand why he needed to do it. Like Jake was on the line, all he had to do was run along with him and try and shepherd him out back the field. Um, it was just a real poor judgment. 
And to be honest, the sin bin was probably a lighter punishment than what he could have got. It could have yeah. been a red card. Um, but like with the rule that's there, I like I, I couldn't believe it was a penalty. Like I turned around <laughs> and I, I, I was talking to someone, then I turned back and Jason was lining up for the penalty. I couldn't believe it. Um it, it wasn't the right decision, but it shouldn't have been it shouldn't have been happening in the first place. It was just a poor lapse of judgment there from Ed McCarthy. Uh just, just didn't need to dive in there. Yeah, yeah, it, it certainly was. Sean, on the on the rule itself, then I suppose. Um I suppose technically it, it comes down to the, the referee, it's his interpretation of whether it's a goal score or an opportunity. And look, I, I, I tend to I tend to agree with, with Brian Lohan that he was that James Owens was probably the only one in the in the in the ground that thought it was a goal a goal score and opportunity. But I suppose at the other side of it, we have seen players go from that position and they mightn't score it themselves, but they certainly set up a goal. And there was a lot of maybe 30 yards of free space in front of him, wasn't there? Yeah, and the interpretations is like Jack Hill let to get kind of stood down Sunday game after he goes, oh, it has to be a clear goal score. Clear is not in the rules. It's a goal score opportunity. Like, it up to rest end to make sure it's a goal score and then could have got through. But as, in, as I said, as ended there, like, he was hacked down. It was just, you're giving the ref that choice. You're giving the ref a decision. You're always in trouble. And with the ruling inside the 21, I know it is near, near Tennis Road and the goals, but like, it's inside the 21. It's harsh. I was baffled by it. I was. Like everyone understand, it was just odd, but like the rule needs to be like, have you how many goals this Steve from there or the kind of way? What way to look at? Like, it should be kind of inside the D, maybe even draw a line from the D down towards the goal or something, but has to be reviewed, to be honest, because like if it happened against odds in a big game, I'd be fuming. Yeah. I think the rule is fine. I think James Owens just had a stinker with it. Um, <laughs> like, whatever he was seeing, he must have thought Jack Morris was clean through, but as far as I could see, there was two defenders. Marking their men in around the square, but you know, a clear goal score. And if it was, if it happened to tip, I'd be absolutely boiling. Like, yeah, yeah, no, I, I'd be the same. But I, can you understand? I suppose what happened to Clear? I mean, they to- totally capitulated after that. I mean, obviously, very, very weak-minded. I suppose when it comes to it. I mean, we saw I, I the, the night before. We, we'll talk about the Limerick match here in a while. But, but I didn't think they, uh, the car penalty should have been a penalty in a sin bin either and but Quaid saves it and Limerick and Limerick wins the 10 minutes being a man down but Clare totally went they just fell out of the game didn't they yeah they completely went within themselves like in the first half they were getting great joy out of pumping the ball into Ian Galvin and Kelly and Shanner there was three of them in there for much of the first half and then they dropped the lad out and there was two uh, for the end of the first half and they were causing hassle like Barry Effingham was under pressure there was diagonal ball going into Shannon there and he was he was causing hassle. Um, but they seemed to drop men uh, when the 14 when they went down to 14 and they completely uh, upended their game plan. Their, their lack of confidence was there after that happened and they weren't hurling the same way. Kind of played into Tip's hands. It was a similar job to Wexford. Wexford in 19 were, were all over us and then they went down to the 14 and they completely changed the way they were playing. And, um, you know, that's that's that shows... Is I won't put it down to the players, especially, but the management, they surely had a contingency for that. Um, but the players kind of didn't really seem to know what they were doing once they were down the man. And, you know, especially their attacking player really went out the window. And just when Tip got to the ball, they made such good use out of the extra man. They played the ball mm-hmm. so well through the lines. Bubbles was coming short. Jack Morris was coming short. The out ball into Shamey in the corner, just pure class. So, yeah. you know, Tip are very good at taking advantage of that man. Yeah. 
Um, Sean, the, the reaction to the thing has, um, I suppose, two things we might have known all along, but fucking clear are whingy bastards. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and Kilkenny are still bitter oh, 15 years later, or whatever it is, 12 years later. Like, what is the story with the Kilkenny lads and their bitterness? Towards Tip now, like I mean, can you even won in All Ireland in five years? What? Why? Why the hatred? See him coming out on Twitter like slaying it, like, and then they're coming back to other times. You know, like Jesus, like I don't know what it is. This seems any season against Tip is just thinking back. I'm surprised the Matties haven't come out as well over something else in the meantime as well. But you know, but it's just. But then this area kind of took away from Tip. We got through the match. I think decision the penalty, like no one kind of saw maybe some of our poor performances on paper, nor it might mean the paper of how some poor as in players go, but like it's all about a penalty, which we're kind of quietly going on there. Um, the lads playing challenge match above themselves tonight. The lads didn't play now the weekend, they're playing, um, he's awfully there tonight, so I know it's so all hopefully they'll get a run out tonight and the lads are training, but sure, we'll have to gamble. It seems to be just a select few of those Kilkenny lads, doesn't it? The likes of Owen Larkin, Richie Power, Jackie Terrell, Eddie Brennan. In fairness, there's a few lads there. They, they just, I think the five in a row thing is just really, really upset them there when it happened. And do you know, the likes I heard other lads now that were very good in fairness, they weren't whinging too much. And likes Paul Murphy there, he does the GA over there. And uh, Brian Hogan there with, with Daly on the podcast. So just seems to be a select few of the Kenny crowd. And I think they just, they're seriously hung up that they didn't get that five in a row. And do you know, they're kind of proven to us that that's the way it is, and it's very enjoyable. Like, yeah, yeah, no, it, it is, and I mean, power, power actually referenced Tip in his in his tweet, like that that Tip are getting the benefit of these um, these decisions. Like, but I, I thought Tyrrell, whatever power, I mean, he's on he's on Twitter. Like, but um, Tyrrell is a, a correspondent for for RTE. I thought he was a disgrace on on the telly after the match. Daly was just looking at him, going, Are "You okay?" <laughs> 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 over there, like, I, like I'm not even half as upset in my team are playing. And then he, he start, Jack started making up rules then himself, started changing the rule, like, you know, he said, you know, yeah. he's down, but like, you, you, like, but I say, if you give the referee a 1% chance of make, calling it a penalty, you've given him a chance of thinking. Like, the ref's head is happened so fast, he thought that was it, like, you know, there's no going back, but you're giving yeah. him a chance to do it, which is. And wasn't that, um, that uh, line from Fergal Horgan and the, with Daly there when they're bringing out the rules for us? just a perfect example of that situation when he was saying the quality of the forwards now if they get the ball anywhere inside the 20 metre line with a clear run at goal yeah. they could easily score and it was look I think it's harsh anyway but the lads should know with that rule in that you're running the risk especially when it looked so bad as well he completely cleaned him out like. yeah I, I saw a great tweet I, th- I don't know did you see it from Jamie Wall and I know he was on another podcast as well um, and he said he had, didn't have one problem with the decision or or the rule, and that now defenders might learn to defend and not go straight for the foul. And it's it's a it's a very fair point. Yeah, yeah, it is a fair point. Yeah, uh, it seems to be gearing like it's very high scoring games uh, the last few years, and it seems to be a game geared towards forwards more so now. So, yeah, backs have been able to get the easy way out the last few years with with tackles that just no attempt to play the ball. So. It'll, it'll it'll liven up the games. There's no question about that. The tackle is gone. Like the, the, the that is, is yeah. no thing. The tackle, like the only tackles are blocks down and hooks, and like you know, get 50-50 balls. But general body to body tackles are 
Gone. It's, it's, yeah, it's savagely rare to hold a man scoreless now in intercounty hurling if you're marking him a forward. Like. Yeah, yeah. Very difficult. Yeah, but um, no, nobody does whinging better than the than the Clare lads. Um, I mean, we we saw. The, I think it was mentioned the Biddy early course. We had the '98 uh, Jimmy Cooney thing, and and now this and and these the under twenty one finals against Tip. They, they they know how to get themselves in the media whinging, don't they? <laughs> you know, like the coming time was kind of what were day three afternoon was kind of drop it, like just you know, just, you're in the back door, go again, like you know, and as in it was so wasn't the game, or since so much of the game to play, as you said it there a while ago, like there was loads like could have changed, like they could have went to the top, we could have missed penalty, they could have dominated the next 10 minutes, like. yeah. But aren't they the epitome of like we're laughing, we laugh at David Fitzgerald because of the like the small man syndrome or the inferiority complex, like he got that from being in Clare. As a county, I think they just have this inferiority complex that if it, the thing goes against them, all oh, the big boys are getting the decision or this, that, and the other. Um, and it kind of goes through the supporters as well as the players. I think it's just uh, it's ingrained in the county. I think they're just <laughs> they just know how to moan and they know how to give out and they just have this perceived like this perceived thing that everyone's against them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, they, they definitely get an A one in Wingen anyway. Uh, yeah. And it came to the fore after the weekend. Um, yeah, so the rest of the weekend then, I suppose, we had uh, the other Munster semi-final. We go to that on, on Saturday night, Limerick and, and Clare, or Limerick and Cork. Um, Limerick, Limerick were terrible. Well, I won't say they were terrible. I mean, they hit 20 wides, didn't they? And, uh, and they were, they, they just didn't look like Limerick, I suppose Limerick of last year and whatnot. And I suppose their two powerhouses in, in Morrissey and, and Gary and Hegarty uh, didn't perform the weekend and, and I suppose that didn't help matters for them No they, they weren't great no as outside of the two goals they got at the end of the first half that was a that was a godsend for them because they weren't hurling well and Cork were well on top and Cork missed the opportunity at a penalty as well um, I'd say if Pat Horgan was at the races at all I think they'd have beaten Limerick on the day just had a shocker from play from the freeze and just wasn't on the ball and they just needed to get the scores at the right times and when Kyle Hayes knocked in that goal there just before half time, you were just like, oh, they're going to dig it out, but and they're going to see it out fairly well. But Cork had a 10 or 15 minute period there towards the end of the match where I think they must have five or six wides in a row when it was down to four points. And there was a big opportunity there because Limerick, their backs are still fairly solid, their half back line's quality. But the, the workhorses, as you said, there from the work from Hegarty and Morrissey, it just they don't seem to have the same energy this year, especially Morrissey, who looks a shadow of the player that was playing last year. And I think that's that, that's where Cork were getting a lot of joy. And it's not something we associate with Cork backs, is they were coming out with every ball there in that 10 or 15 minute period. And they had so much possession, but they just didn't make use of it. And uh, they brought on the few the experienced players, Graham Mulcahy came on and made a big difference and just seen the game out. But... You'd be you'd be confident enough if you're a tip. The, the few of those big players for Limerick aren't hitting the same heights as last year, and hopefully it's a, a long-term thing rather than just uh, a one-time performance. Yeah, just from a Cork point of view, um, Sean, in the city there about Pat Horgan, uh, he he was he was anonymous really, wasn't he? I mean, he he he's thirty-three now. Or the le- the legs, I suppose, were he was never a speed mer- speed merchant, but. He, he was really marshaled, wasn't he, the other day by Richie English? 
He was, yeah, and he never even got kind of on a loose ball or ball never played him. And like we were saying here last week, that and you were probably going to score 30 points, they were eight or nine short in the end. Like, and Cork needs to get goals. And if Cork got a goal to here, the game was there from what they couldn't. And like, they couldn't even get the ball into Horgan to even get any time, even on the ball. So, and it they didn't look at like many other goal chances from Cork overall either. Then, like, yeah, um, they're both, I suppose, Claire and Cork for me had. They potentially had the winning of, of the game and never really believed they could win it. And and that came against them in the end. And would you think that's fair? Yeah, no, that's that's a fairly good assessment of it. Um they just didn't have the confidence in in being able to get over the line. I think it stems back to that league match done an awful lot of damage, I think. Um you know, if they had a good performance in that, maybe it would have spurred them on just to get over the line. But you just need to get used to beating a certain team at I think Limerick are just getting that hold over Cork now. They have a similar hold over us, to be fair. Um, so you just need that experience when it comes to the big championship matches. You need to be able to draw on it. But it was a good performance from Cork, in fairness, now. Much better than the last few years. And their backs were a good bit better. But um, look, when Pat Horgan is in fire, and much like Claire with Tony Kelly, you're going to be short a few points. Yeah, they, they have a, good, a couple of young lads that look good. Um, Conley and, and Barrett. And, and I think... Although I saw a point, I think it was probably the hurler and the ditch pointed it out that Barrett came on on 69 minutes when the game was gone, which rules him out of the under 20. I suppose that's a that was a mistake. Well, I don't know what way Kingston is thinking. Maybe he's going to just play him in the in the qualifiers anyway. But um, they do have a couple of good young lads coming through as we as we have seen. But they're they're certainly not there yet, should they not? No, they're not. But I was savagely impressed with um Jordan Miller at midfield. Mm-hmm. Um, geez, he got through some month of work and he was on Keane Lynch for a good bit of the match and kind of curtailed him a good bit um, but they, they've had the underage teams and like Galway in the last few years that they've been slow to bring them through but you know there was green shoots there alright I thought Miller was very good I think he's a grandson of Chris Rings if I'm not mistaken as well so yeah. big big shoes to fill but um, yeah I they, they, they played much better than I was expecting now especially after how bad they were in the league game Jeez, if they had to get even nick two or three of those points when they had that spell, maybe they'd have uh, maybe they'd, they'd have given them a good run there towards the last five minutes. But look, they're just not good enough yet. Yeah, Sean, uh, just looking at Limerick, um, just my old buddy, and he drove me mad all year last year, even though he got harder the year. How did Hegarty stay on the field again? I just because who he is. <laughs> <laughs> That's about that's what it like. No one knows why, but it's just he's there, he sees it out. What did he get in any point? Is that all he got? Yeah, no, but I, I'm talking about like he uh, in the mentioned Mellorick there. Like Mellorick got a shoulder into the head, and I heard him saying it was a mistimed tackle. I think he knew exactly what he was doing. He was putting he was getting a body on it, got a shoulder into into the side of Mellorick's head. Then you had the incident on the sideline, and, and he's coming in late, and he's O'Donoghue, I think, got the the yellow card for it and he escaped scot-free and I mean we saw it with Kenning last year it was a late hit I know they, they tried to defend it but you can't defend that I mean he, I think he, he's doing it in every game yeah um, on a, a Dunhill's one was nowhere near as bad as Hegarty's like you know and you see it like back again like, but, no. he, but the problem is like what ref's going to stamp this out like who like you need some ref to stamp it out like and just send them off for these challenges I know there'll probably be a harsh red but you know, you're kind of like you're not going to see Claire backs dive in the future now inside the 21 to defend, like they're going to have to. The stats how you stop it, as Jane Wall is saying, it's just have to not do it. Yeah, yeah. And it, like 
in the it's it's not it's not anything blatantly dirty, but it's it's persistent, isn't it? It's 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 like what we were talking about before about football, this persistent fouling out around the middle of the field. But there's a there is an edge to Hegarty. And look, I, I have no problem with any player playing on the edge, but I think he steps over it more times than other players. Yeah, I think you're really generous now, but that last one the other day, like he was it's not like he was making a, an attempt to pull the hurley across or something to try and get the ball out. The ball was well gone. And he lifted the ball, the hurley up into his face, like so. That was it was seriously dangerous, and he's going to get caught for it. It's going to be highlighted now every time he does it, and the referees are going to have it in their mind, and they're going to look out for it. He's going to get caught at some stage. It's only a matter of time. Yeah, Sean. Just before we move off Limerick, there in the in the set of about their half back line, um, their half back line is seriously good. Kyle Hayes got man of the match the other day. He scored a goal. Dermot Burns got a couple of pints from from the other wing, and then Hannon. Is kind of that linchpin at centre back. He he holds the the position well, sits sits and dictates everything, and is a seriously good captain as well, isn't he? Oh yeah, for sure. And like they're the best probably half back in the paper and you're in the country. Honest, if like Hayes took his goal lethal. Um, say Hannon has that experience there in the middle, holding up and Burns on the other side as well. And but even Cork thing couldn't even get over that line to exploit the inside him, or they couldn't even exploit around. I know. Uh, Miller had a good game around midfield, but you know they had to. It's closer to goals where Cork need to exploit, and they couldn't get past that half back line. Yeah, yeah. yeah so that's a uh, Sunday the 18th, Tip and Limerick in the in the Munster final. Um, as as we predicted, we got one, we got two two predictions right anyway on on last week's on last week's podcast. Wait, did Galway not win? No. <laughs> moving <laughs> on to uh, moving on to Leinster and um, Sean Smith, Galway and. Um, and Dublin in in one semi final, uh, Galway did a Galway on us, didn't they? <laughs> oh, it was, I was half looking at there. I jazz. It was. It just. I sat down and watched the first couple of minutes of it, and it just was dire out. It was just never got going. Dublin looked hungrier for it. Like I know Tip played Dublin a challenge game in town there. Fees got Dublin. I know a Tip team that was very depleted of it, but I heard feedback because Dublin were hungry and Galway just didn't want to know about it. Yeah. Um, that, which is probably typical of Galway, isn't it? In the, they're um, expected to win and just <laughs> just don't. Yeah, some of the worst hurling happens in the in the Leinster Championship, really. They've been caught a few times, uh, but I was watching it there. In terms of the quality they had, like they're they're light years ahead of Dublin, but just goes to show if you have the right attitude, like you can you can make make things difficult for teams with more ability. And they they played two sweepers basically for the whole match. Connor Burke was unbelievable there in James Madden and they really only had the scoring output really from Danny Sutcliffe and uh, Donald Burke were their two main scorers and they just made great use of the ball and it just took us back 20 years that scoreline like we haven't seen that in a long time in an intercounty hurling match championship yeah. match especially yeah. um, but uh, Dublin were full value for it they were comfortable the last 10 minutes Galway didn't look anywhere near like they were going to pull something out of the hat um, Joe Canning was was terrible. He was bad in the freeze. Didn't get into the game and play. Connor Whelan was anonymous, really, apart from the goal. Um, I think they're relying too much on the the older brigade now, and it's often said about the tip lads, but um, they didn't definitely didn't show up on the day, and it's going to be tough for them to win in All Ireland now for the qualifiers. Yeah, the, the, the qualifier draw is full of sharks. Just um, Dublin, Matty Kenny was probably under a lot of pressure coming into the to the championship. He Dublin had a bad league, um, and 
but we've seen league form actually means nothing in, in this year's championship. Um, but they have some good ones. But a, a big, a big um, negative for them the weekend was Owen O'Donnell going off injured. And he's fast becoming one of the best full-backs in the game, isn't he? Yeah, he's a, he's a quality player. Um, and he was matching up well there with anyone who went in on him. Um, he's going to be a huge loss for them. You'd have earmarked him to go on to TJ Reid if he was fit. Um, it's hard to keep TJ quiet, but he'd have been a, a good matchup for him. Um, as I say, Maddie Kenny badly needed that win. Um, there was big eruptions coming out of Dublin that he was kind of all over the place with the team selection in the league. And they didn't really know what way they were going to line out in the championship, which is never a good sign. He was never settling on a team. Um, but he he got he got away with it. He put Liam Rush back centre back again, and Rush was pretty good. And they just they stepped up the intensity, and he'd have been out the gap if they had to lose that match. There was no question about it. So it's amazing how how one result can change things. And he's probably he's walking on air now. I'd say with a Leinster final to look forward to. Yeah, absolutely. The, the game at the weekend, Sean was probably the second semi final in Leinster. Kilkenny and Wexford it went to extra time. Um, Kilkenny got the, the benefit of a, of a Hawkeye at, at the end of the game at the end of the of normal time but they ran him up then in in, in injury in extra time didn't they? Oh yeah they kind of got benefit out but then ah, I find it just blew them out of the water like they just they're popping points order for sport and like from looking at the whole you probably Kilkenny probably deserve it more you probably say overall like Wexford there, they wouldn't go away. And compare like like Wexford, what Wexford scored as much as Dublin and Galway together even more. Like so it is goes to show that with two completely contrast games here on Crow Park on Saturday. And thank God that the Dublin Galway was on first, or if it wasn't, people wouldn't watch it when they're sitting there for a second game. Yeah. And I saw a I saw a tweet that was put up by a, a member of this parish and was quickly removed where that Kilkenny were going down to 14 when Walter Walsh came on. He was the man that changed the game, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was unreal when he came on. Um, well, the fresh legs really tall. I think we were looking at it there. When you look at Kilkenny, they were bringing on fresh legs in, that, in extra time. And towards the end of the second half, and Wexford were bringing players that were on for 60, 70 minutes already back onto the pitch. Yeah. Um, just Cody has a right. He relies on the lads and he, like he, he trusts them to make an impact. And Walter Walsh is a serious sub to be bringing on, really. Like he's had a bad year last year, but he's he's been very good for Kilkenny in the main over the years since he's made since he's made his debut. Um, but just from Wexford, like it wasn't sustainable the way they hurl. I'd say Davy had an idea at, at a full time after that he knew that they were, they were a busted flush. You just can't continue that type of hurling for for ninety minutes. Like it's just so high intensity. Lads can't be expected to, to, to keep up that level of running. Like, it's unbelievable. If nobody in the forward line is just run, run, run. The lads running down the lines when it's through the middle and tradition off hand pass, you can't sustain that. Um, and eventually it told. And when he's bringing back on Deer with O'Keefe and all these boys who are after running themselves ragged, um, it was only going to be one result and Kenny put him away fairly impressively. Yeah, they did. There was a, there was another incident of a, of a sin bin and, and a penalty in this one, Sean. But this one was very clear cut, and it's probably what the rule is there for. Owen, Mur- Owen Murphy unceremoniously dragged down his his Wexford opponent, and he didn't even bother looking. I think he just ran ran for the sideline. Yeah, it was yeah, it was clear cut as ever. 
they're going to give that like so at least at least another talking point above there in Dublin that's for sure yeah yeah um, Owen Cody got 1-5 for Kilkenny he's a real find for them at corner forward uh, well maybe not a real find this year but I mean he he, he was excellent hasn't, wasn't he yeah you forget how young he is as well um, seems like he's been around a good few years yeah. but he came on the scene awful young and I think there was a, a big expectation on him after winning the All-Irelands with Belly Hale and you know he's he's only going to get better. He's, he works like a dog, and some of his scores are savage. Like the world just stitched out him, like he had to work for them, and he was holding off his man. Serious stick work. Um, he seems to be a lad that could uh could come in there and be a a big leader for them for the next ten years. So TJ got man of the match, but I don't know, I don't know how he didn't get man of the match. Owen Cody scored one five from play, and he came up with big scores at the right times. Well, TJ was all right. Now don't get me wrong, but he wasn't as um impactful as he usually is so yeah Kilkenny are they're hard to beat but they're not as good as they used to be and I think Wexford right it was a good match they played in but I think after their league they're not they're not unreal either so yeah I think Dublin would fancy their chances against Kilkenny in the final but Kilkenny are definitely deserve to be there anyway yeah, and, and where where do you think this leaves Wexford? I mean, it's it's a blow to them. They thought they had they had Kilkenny's number and and lose out to them. And what Davies in year five now, and another another year possibly without Barry. They win the All Ireland's another year without silverware, which is how how they're going to be graded. Like, uh, where does it leave them? Like they're going to end up with a more than likely a difficult qualifier draw. That they don't want to be up against the like. Clare Water for Cork, like any of them, I'd have. I know what we saw of Water for Clare Cork. There weren't some of the games they weren't great, but still, like Wexford, like Cork, they can play them and know what to do. Like, you see, Wexford kind of one trick point now, as you said, there they just go ahead for later. And eventually, if you keep baiting away, I mean, get scores near the end of the game, and other teams kind of know that now, though. Yeah, so that's um, so that's as, as we didn't predict <laughs> last weekend. <laughs> It's a Dublin versus Kilkenny Leinster final, and that's on again the, the weekend of the the weekend of the eighteenth. So, help me preview this weekend's Munster football semi final against Kerry. I'm delighted to be joined by Tip Football PRO Anthony Shelley, aka Big John, for all the PVers listening. Uh, Anthony, thanks very very much for coming on. No problem, Anna. So it's a big weekend, Anthony, for the Tip footballers. Um, Rain and Monster champions but coming into this game as uh, big underdogs against a star-studded carry team. How do you think we're fixed for? Um, sorry, you know, like when we the league results was, were were disastrous. To be honest, you know, we didn't play well in any game, but it was there was excuses for us. You know? um, one, like we, I think we played against Limerick, missing eight of the Monster final team. Any, and, and the quality of players that were missing, any team would struggle. Like, I mean, our whole half back line was gone. One, two of our midfielders in um, Colin O'Reardon and Liam Casey, and then Jack Hendy out as well, like, and Mikey Quinlan. So you can't be missing temporary football, can't afford to be missing players of that that quality and expect, and, and expect results. On top of that, I don't think, you know, David Power touched on it there. And I thought it was maybe making an excuse, but the more I thought about it, um, the more he was right. Like Tipperary need a long pre-season and we didn't have that. You know, we don't play enough football in Tip to 
be ready to hit the ground running like other counties. You know? So yeah. more excuses for the league. Um, since then, I think that training has gone very well. These lads are, are proud to Tipperary men, so um, I would expect a bit of a bounce. And in the one-off game, anything can happen if this was over. You know, if the results of this was to be decided over 10 games, obviously yeah. Kerry... Perry might win nine times, but you never know on the day. You know, we'll be up against it, but I would be expecting a much, much improved performance from 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 these lads. Um, and if you've got an improved performance, you never you'd never know where it would take us. But I definitely think you will see a completely different Tipperary performance than what we've seen in the league because we more or less have a, for the first time this year have a. a f- a full bill of health, everybody available. So, um, when we have our best fifteen on the on the field, you know we can be on our day, be a match for anyone. Whether that's will that be good enough for Kerry remains to be seen. But I wouldn't subscribe to the doom and gloom out there that um, you know the Kerry will win this by twenty points pulling up. I would I would I wouldn't subscribe to that at all. I think this will be a lot closer than people people are given tip credit for. As you were saying there, a disastrous league campaign really blighted with, with a serious amount of unlucky injuries. And is it is it that easy to set aside the league performances and then produce it for championship? I kind of the last few weekends at a hurling, we can see teams there coming out a different team after having poor leagues or having a good league and coming out and playing terribly. Is it that easy to do? I think you know, generally in the league, you can really write it off come championship. Mm. Funny enough, I think that. If we had just survived in Division 3, I think then the 20 points might be on because, you know, if you're a Tipperary footballer winning a Munster final, like, that's that's the holy grail, isn't it, for a Tipperary footballer? Um, and winning can, you know, it's like the last line in Willie and the Chocolate Factory, you know, you know what happened to man, the man that suddenly got everything he wanted, you know, happily ever after. And if Tip had to survive in Division 3, I think they would have been happy enough to live happily ever after. But the um, getting relegated was to kick up the arse they probably needed because women can make it soft, you know. And uh, that's why teams don't do back-to-backs. Like, you see our hurlers, they, they never do back-to-back to them. Well, they seldom do it, like, you know. And it's just when it makes you soft. And um, this is the kick up the arse they needed. And that's why I think that with this particular group, group of lads that there will be uh, a performance in them you know they don't want to they don't want to finish the year um, the way it started and uh, as I said if they they had survived in Division 3 or even got promoted to Division 2 they might have said job done but the way things have gone I'm expecting a kickback from them and just in the league itself just to try and glean any positives out of it is there any particular set of players that you thought impressed? Maybe like to fill your eye and Sean O'Connor. Uh, what what positives would he have taken out of the league? I take it definitely. Um, Sean O'Connor definitely had a good league. You know, God, you'd be rattling, rattling your brain to trying to find any positives out of the league. To be honest, you know, but uh, Sean O'Connor would have been the one bright spark. You know, he's only what nineteen years of age, captain of the under twenties tonight. Um, the, he would be the one bright spark. You know, our our defense our, our defense did well. We didn't concede too many scores, but we just didn't score enough at the other end. We were slow and deliberate and everything we did. Mm. We didn't play with any carefree abandon like we normally would do. And um just think the injuries sucked the life out of out of everyone, you know. Mm. 
So, but oh, taking positives from the league would be very, very hard. But Sean O'Connor would definitely one of them. Philly Ryan, I think if he gets enough chances, he's a scorer. You know, yeah. Uh, I think maybe he's a, he's a lover, not a fighter. Uh, yeah. But definitely, if, if if he gets the ball in hand, he 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 knows where the where the the goals are. Mm. But so, but for me, yeah, the standout for for me of the players that were trying to break in would have been would have been Sean O'Connor. Other lads came in then. Jack Hardy was a lad that wouldn't have been on my radar too much as a potential senior and came in and played very well in the few games he played. And Ty Fitzgerald as well from my Rovers. Yeah, there are two lads now that will have, have stepped up to the plate and give us a few options off the bench, you know. Yeah. yeah. How, how will we approach this, Anthony? Like a defensive setup maybe against Kerry, you'd be tempted to go with it because of such quality in the forwards. But Tip seem to produce their best performances when they go go for the attack. How how do you think uh, David Powell approached the game? God, I, I don't know. I I I think you know. If I was doomed, I would go for it. You know, uh, I I would take it from the throw in, and try set to win the throw in, get the ball into the forward line, try set the tone from there, right, and, and just see what Kerry are made of. But. That theory, I'll never have to prove that theory. You know, <laughs> if it, if it was David Power, I probably would be a bit more cautious and um, uh, and go a little bit more defensive. But I would worry that if Kerry got a good start, you know, if if they got one two in the first five minutes, well, then that game plan is out the window, isn't it? You have to you have to abandon and go for it. Like you know, we would need to score. Like did an article there for the Premier newspaper and was saying that. Like in the league, 80, 86% of the teams are sco- of the winning teams are scoring 18 points or more. Uh, now, whereas two years ago, that was only 34% of teams, the winning teams, were scoring uh, 18 points or more. So football is moving on. Uh, it's because, you know, the, I think we're coming out the other side of boredom, you know, uh, that the defensive setup, I, I think, you won't see as much of it, but you have to respect the likes of Kerry, and you can't go going home at every at everything. But for me, if Kerry have a weak line, it's their full back line, mm. and the more we can attack that line, the more the better chance we give ourselves. Like you know, and was it Sun Tzu that said that you should always attack the enemy at their weakest line? Yeah. So I would be trying to um, trying to attack that full full back line. As um, as often as we possibly can, and try to turn Kerry over higher up the pitch than um, than what we've been trying to do in the league. That's that's what I would do. But um, it'll all depend on the amount of possession you get around the middle of the field. Won't it? Uh, you're going to have to drop a lot of men back for long periods of the game. So I think David Power will. Be cautious and try attack Kerry from deep. That's what I think will will happen. But um, it's 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 really hard to know whether whether we'll be able to hold that out for for seventy minutes because Kerry benches, you know, the players they have on the bench, you know, are are unreal. Like you know, they'll be bringing on the legs of Killian Spillane, maybe Tommy Walsh, you know, into the forward line. Tony Brosnan maybe into the forward line. Um, then. If they're in trouble at the back, they have the likes of um, Tyg Morley or yeah. um, 
players like that. So Kerry, Kerry have it all over the pitch if they want it. So it's really hard to know. So probably the sensible thing to do would be to go cautious, certainly up until the first water break anyway. So we're looking at the attacking emphasis coming. I see Robbie Kiley's probably back. He's trained the last few weeks. Bill Maher going to need a lot of attacking emphasis from them. And would you leave Sweeney and maybe Quinlevin up in the two-man line and drop I that down? I, I, I think so. I think you'd have to go with the two men to the forward line, yeah. you know, um, the, and maybe leave your centre forward in position as well mm. and uh, then get the rest to, to drop back when they need be. Like, I mean, I think your two wing forwards are probably going to have the hardest um, the hardest job on the day because they're going to have to be back helping out their defence, but they're going to have to get back up to support Sweeney when we do break, yeah. you know. Now my worry is our breaking like I mean Kerry are cynical like I mean everybody thinks Kerry are the Brazil of Gaelic football but they're a cynical team like yeah. and they foul you and stop you they won't let you run 40 yards up the field with the ball they'll slow it down like you know so that would be my worry for it so um, it's it, it's hard to know it, 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 it all depends we're dependent on Kerry to have a gut and off there and us to play out of our skins. That's the that's the reality of it. And matchups defensively are going to be key if you're going to have any chance in this game. Um, who do you see matching up with Sean O'Shea, the two Cliffords? Like, is is there too many star studded players there to be matching them up, man marking them, or what can you do? Yeah, see, Clifford is it's, it's like when you'd be over a club team years ago, and you were going to play my Rovers, Mark and Declan Brown, like you know, yeah, yeah. it really. He's nearly unmarkable, isn't he? Um, yeah. The I think he got seven twenty eight in the league in five games so far this year. Mm. That's a sum score. Yeah. You know, so probably the only way is assign somebody maybe like a Jimmy Feen, you know, somebody really disciplined and hard, and you know that that will take them and just stick with him for an hour. And if you never touch the ball, mm. you know. As long as he stops him getting, yeah. he's going to get. He's going to get his his usual three or four points anyway. Yeah. Um, the key is to c- cut the supply. Um, like his brother is a good player too. I used to think when his brother came onto it that he might be the, you know, the the ginger stepchild, but he's not. He's actually a proper player. You know, yeah. Uh, um, he's a proper player. So again, but he's in there. So the th- I think the key is to stop the supply getting into that line. And I would see the matchup on on um, Sean O'Shea as being the key. He's the man who makes it all tick. Like he, he's like a number ten in soccer, isn't he? He 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 just sits in the hole, and I mean he can drive forward himself, but he he's a fabulous playmaker. He's just a fabulous footballer, and uh, so. Kevin Fahid will obviously take him, I would imagine, and but he'll need help. He'll need help. So I would see stopping Sean O'Shea as um as being the key, as being the key to, to the whole lot, you know. And if we could if we could turn him over there, like I mean, Paul Ganey Ganey is is Peter King seems to be keen on playing him wing forward. I'm not sure about that. Don't see him as a way forward himself. Fabulous insight forward, but every manager, I suppose, gets their own notions. And this seems to be Peter's this year that to play Gainey at, uh, at at wing at wing forward. I can't, you know, there's hate to be made there. Like I, mean, I can't see him following Bill Maher. 
mm. up, up and down the field, like you know. So, um, Lonesy and who's on the other side? Um, Stephen O'Brien, another good player, like yeah, he's a proper wing forward. But, but like, I mean, it's all about stopping Sean, or Sean O'Shea for me. If yeah. we can stop him and just break even everywhere else, you know, it'll give us some sort of a chance. They'd like, carry half back, like, I think they'd be soft through the middle there. I mean, Gavin Crowley played at six the last day, um, but I think he's more of a wing back, you know, I think um, that's. He, he's more of a ball player than a stopper, so we, maybe we might be able to to get um, to target him and take him on every time, you know. But uh, it's all about stopping uh, Sean O'Shea for me, stopping him getting it into to Clifford. Because if O'Shea gets on top, and myself and Clifford have a great understanding, um, if O'Shea gets on top, Clifford will go to town. Yeah. yeah. And equally for Tip, our, our marquee forwards are going to need to have a good game. Conor Sweeney was just deprived of the ball for much of the league and couldn't have and didn't really get into it. And you're going to need massive performances from them. Absolutely massive. Absolutely massive. They'll need to play the games of their lives, you know. Um, yeah. I, I think to be fair to Conor, because we drop lads back, mm. you know, they've, they've decided, well, maybe they're not going to hurt us from back there, so we'll just double up on Conor, you know. Um so there was always a sweeper in front of him, and, he, and as you say, he struggled. He struggled to get in. Uh, Mikey Quinlevin will will need. No, I mean we were missing Mikey from most of the league, and you know he needed that game against Longford probably to get under his belt as well. Uh, but, but you know he is a he is a big game player, and you can't buy that. You can't buy. That. So um, yeah, we obviously we would need we would need them at their very best because they're. They're going to get ninety percent of our scores, just like Clifford and O'Shea will get. I think during the league, between the two of them, they got sixty-six percent of the carry scores. So if you stop them, you know, yeah, gives yourself a chance. Easier said than done, though. You know, yeah. but that's the way Kerry will be approaching us. Stop, stop Quinlan and Sweeney, mm. and the rest won't score enough to beat you. Um, uh, so, so we would need huge performances from the two lads. I know going with your heart, you'll be hoping for a tip win, but what what, what do you see happening um, on the day? Yeah, as I said, you know, you'd be foolish to say here and say we were going to win it, you know. Yeah. But it's a one-off one-off game. We're not without a chance. But I I'd be just happy to see a much improved performance and we come away with a performance that you could actually be proud of. Like hell, like I me. Mean, Wexford lost by what eight or nine points to Dublin last week. Yeah, but I mean they could be very proud of what they came away with. You know, they had a cut. You know, they did well. Um, I, I would, I, I would be happy with that. That we don't sign off the season, like, um, like it was, you know, like we, like we started. You know that that we put in a performance and just see where it takes us. But yeah, realistically, you'd be looking at a Kerry win. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's an, an important game, obviously. But uh, just to touch on the under twenty football tonight against uh, Turles and or against uh, Limerick in Turles, um, that's a very important game from an underage perspective. We struggled there the last few years at minor and under twenty level. Um, just looking at the team there, um, are you happy with that line out? Is there is there a win in that team? I think so. Yeah, no, we need win. I think this is the big game of the week. Actually, you know, just from a tip football perspective, I think this is the biggest game of the week. Um, 
amazingly, amazingly, we haven't won at this grade since we beat Dublin in the All Ireland semi final in 2015. Yeah. Haven't won a match. That's that's an amazing stat considering. Uh, so I see tonight is a huge, um, a huge, a, a huge game. But I think yeah, from what I what I know from talking to the lads, happy enough. This is a well balanced team. Um, I'd expect a big performance from them. A big performance from them. Uh, and I, 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 I'd be confident enough tonight that 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 we come away with a win. You know, there's a good set up there. You know, good lads involved. Uh, Paddy Christie, obviously, uh, but he has good lads with him there, and Kevin Mulrain and Paddy O'Flaherty, David Powers, obviously selector as well, and Paddy O'Gorman. But um, you know, so there's a good set up, Dave. I see people. Uh, on the board there saying giving out you know talking rubbish there that you know uh, there's 13 South lads on it like, yeah. they looked at 93 players yeah you know, the way the, the that's the way they picked it they didn't they didn't even look at whose clubs they were they were they were from I know that from from talking about it they didn't even look at what clubs they were from they picked basically the best um, and look let's be honest if you've seen a Tipperary hurling team that had 13 South lads on it, you'd be very worried, you know. <laughs> so if I see a Tipperary football team that doesn't have 70 or 80 percent lads from the South on it, I'd be worried as well because yeah. that's where the football is played. Let's be honest, you know. So yeah. everybody got a fair chance, and that's just just the way the cards fell when they sat down to pick the team. But yeah, I, I I'd expect them. Um, I'd expect a big performance and hopefully a win from them tonight, John. As I said, to me, it's the big game of the week. Yeah. And we have any standout players other than Sean O'Connor as captain of the side? Any, I know you have Connor Cadell there from your own club. Is there any other players there that you see as senior standard in a few years? Um, yeah, Connor Cadell, obviously, I think will be, yeah, he's he's up class and I'd know him fairly well, obviously, from being from my own club. I'd expect him to have a future with tip footballers. But our two midfielders, Dealey and um, Grogan, uh, Two excellent players, as is our fullback is very solid in uh, Ty Condon. Uh, yeah, I think we're a well balanced team. Um, without you know, one or two marquee players, which is always a good sign, one or two marquee players, and you know, 12 or 13 well balanced lads. Uh, hopefully, we get the win on the night. Uh, thanks very much for joining us on the Premier View podcast, Anthony. Thanks, Ed. So it's time for the the time of the podcast where I get to glow. I'm still I'm still uh, way ahead of you lads. Fancy hurling? How did you get on? Well, I had a decent enough uh, decent enough week. I think I outscored you this week, Mike. So I'm starting to drag you back in as I as I told you last week. Um, I TJ as captain. He done good damage there. I think he scored at 12, 11 or twelve points. And only if only there was assists as well. Jesse set up a lot of scores as well. Uh, I'd be flying it. Um, at Donald Burke as well. Yeah, I think I got around the 220 mark, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So I'm, well, I was on 224, so you might want to revise. Uh, your, uh, I'm probably, yeah, probably 230 then, I think I got you. Yeah. I got 235, lads. Oh, Smith is back. I still, had, can, I still can't find you on the league, though, so you're going to have to... Fucking David Fitzgerald wouldn't name his team to late here, so Gavin Bailey didn't even play it on, did he? Thank you. Um, he said he was playing, was he? Was he? I think so. He's playing, he may as well be rolling Ennis because he's fucking <laughs> used. <laughs> um, I've never even heard of that lad. Who's that guy? 
so I kind of just I don't think I look up now and see they've played when I don't say he did though. And he certainly was there. He was the right helmet, was he? He was playing. He got zero points. What the fuck did he do? That's a great return. Yeah, and Tracy, you got two hundred and thirty-four points. That means you're 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 ten points ahead of me. Have you any players playing this weekend? I have Keelan Malai. Oh right, so you've won. I have three, so I, I'm hoping to to drag you back in, Neil McMahon. Uh, uh, and I heard he got an injury there. I was listening to the Daily's podcast. I think Daily was only throwing that in to throw lads off. I know he's injured already. He can't walk. <laughs> you got to mention on it yourself, Mike. Jez, you're flying high there. You must be. Ah, uh, listen, be I'm, I'm number one in all these podcasts. The only one that that, that um, I'm behind on is is Daily's one and our own Premier View one, and that's your alter ego there in the hurler in the ditch is flying that's your own high. Alter ego, Mike. Don't be deflecting that. <laughs> I saw one of you. I, 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 one of you has been very smart on Twitter. They're trying to trying to point fingers um, at, at myself and Enda. I'm putting. I'm point. I'm looking at you, Sean Smith. Yeah, it's a Smith, all right. Well, one thing I want to fancy, like if you get back the scores, you're fucking you're like Park Mar got three points. Darren Burns got twenty two. Like, yeah, Park I, Burns, I, I, Gray as well. know, Gray one or two points yeah. makes some difference. Like. Yeah, ah, yeah, yeah, you need you need to score him back. Dermot Ryan got me minus one. <laughs> Not bad as minus eight week four from Mike, was it? <laughs> yeah, Good. in the Roland. Uh, he's gonna make up for it this week. Uh, <laughs> I, had a, I had a word with him and he's gonna, yeah, he's, gonna, he's, gonna he's gonna make up for it this week. So who have uh, you? In the Roland, Neil McManus and um Jack Kelly. Jack Kelly, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I fancy you to get not much off of him now. Uh well hopefully Neil Neil's injury uh his fake injury clears up and, and, and we're good to go. We're good to go. <laughs> yeah, just a quick word there, Mike, before you cut off there about the brother, Paul. Um, oh, yeah. He's an absolute embarrassment. Um, yeah, we, actually, Owen, um, who, who was was not impressed that we mentioned him as being bottom of the of the league, our, our, our social media guru, um, last week, he's been overtaken for, for the Lantern Rouge. Why a Tumi Vera, man? <laughs> uh, just, just don't name out the team. It's uh, just children listening. So yeah, um, yeah, he's a fair embarrassment now. I'm kind of ashamed to be honest. And this is a lad who's supposed to know stuff about hurling as well, which is worse. Do you want to take over his team as well, so that you'll have three teams in the in the league? <laughs> you couldn't do any worse anyway. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, he's a. Uh, did things didn't go right for him at all. He, he just he thinks he has notions to see and he picks these weird selections for captain and it's the same as the fantasy Premier League as well he, he doesn't do too well in that either <laughs> very good uh, one, a score of 122 yeah Brendan Maher is captain you know, he'll have to uh, he'll have to rethink for the next one oh big time <laughs> on the club scene the news is all West related with a conclusion to the Brown Ryan transfer saga while Stevie O'Donnell was in Holy Cross Sunday as Cashel won the County Junior B hurling title from 2020. But first, he speaks to Arville Rovers goal scorer Mikey Dwyer as they claim the County Junior A title in dramatic fashion in Dundrum. 
yeah, Stevie was a tough one. No, I was lucky to get it because I wasn't getting on much ball and had a few wines before. But when you cut inside him, what was on your mind? Just kind of opened up in front of me, but I was kind of lucky to get it. it was a good sideline in from Johnny and the boys. We were just lucky to lie to get the win, Stevie. We worked hard there, coming men down. We just dug in deep. Holy Cross, our fantastic side, and just delighted we got over the end. This is for men now, like Timmy, who was manager last year, and Paddy Delaney, all these guys, Tom Dunahoo, Michael Ryan, all these fellas deserve this. Super work goes in behind the scenes there, and we all them lads. Just needed to stand up today and thankfully we did. We will now hear from centre back Don Lowry. Oh, oh another batting Stevie. Yeah. When they put us up to us there but we only had 14 men for most of the second half but uh, in fairness to all the boys they all stood up so it's made a big impact but hopefully now we can drive on from this and uh, push on an intermediate next year. When the chips were down you really pressed on. Yeah that's one thing we will never be found wanting is, is, uh, is a bit of heart. We mightn't have the best of hurling in that, but we put in a lot of effort over the last couple of weeks. In fairness, when John came in, and a special mention to uh, Timmy and uh, the boys from last year, Eddie Maroney and the lads, they got us to the West File, and we had to uh, only continue the job this side of the year. We've done them. Cheers to you. Thanks, man. He won all Ireland by the Holland Medal with Tipperary in 2006. Let's now hear from Timmy Dalton. Great win. Two years now we've been trying to get promoted from Junior A. Hard work is after coming together after two years. We're just delighted to get over the line. Mikey scored a cracking goal. Obviously sealed it. A fantastic. Mikey's been a great servant to the club. Himself and Donnelly. Absolutely fantastic. When you need him, they come up trumps, you know. You went in and three minutes to go. I went in. I was getting excited when I went in. It was great to be on the field, to be honest. And it was great to get over the line. When Mikey put that ball in the net, it was Absolutely brilliant. Delighted for the team to get over the line. You're back up intermediate now. We're back up, we're back up. So um hard work ahead of us, but um there's plenty of capable lads on that team, you know, there's um a lot of good hurlers on that team. So we're looking forward to your head. Okay, let's have a chat with the victorious manager John Ellis. Fantastic victory, well done John. Thanks very much. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Look, county finals are hard won and the way it was with Nip and Tuck the whole way through and just to come out at the very end was just great. I'm delighted for the boys. They put in a serious effort since I came down. It was hard last year with the COVID and the, the whole team being being postponed but look they knuckled down and we, we got the win and I'm delighted for him. There wasn't much in it, it was Peter and Al Ferris and let it flow. There was no quarter given or asked, you know, it flowed up and down and we were lucky. We got the goal at the end just to pull away but it wasn't any more than a point either way so I'm delighted that we were on that right side of the score. Early in the second half you went to men down. Yeah, we were starting to get a grip in the game. We have a plan and a system. Then the sending off came, kind of threw everything out, out the way but the boys stuck at it. We regrouped, we saw what was going on and then they worked even harder. But look, that's what happened. You have to do when you win county finals. When you first took over the team, John, your ambition. Well, to be honest, the plan was for the lads last year to finish it off. They got them to the semi-final and stuff, so they finished off. But then the way they pushed out during the year, I took over with the help of the lads, of course. And it was difficult coming in trying to chip in new plans and systems. Look, we were hoping just to play, get semi-final, win the semi-final, and then whatever happened after that was a bonus. Now, for you as manager and coach to win the county, what does that mean to you? Oh, it means so much, so much. I haven't won many counties when I was hurling myself and this is my first one I've won as a coach so to win it with a, with a special group of lads it makes it even even worthwhile I don't think it's going to stick in for a few more days but look it's a great start to my career It's a wonderful platform John well done Thanks very much He had a very solid game at cornerback Jared O'Dwyer Yeah very tight tough game tough game 116 the late goal from the winner Hey Stevie now that I have you I think I know a man who will be listening to this my uncle Shamey Dwyer he's after going through a hard enough all time the last few months and fair play to him he was here he called me during the week he told me to be out in front and hit hard and that's what we've done tonight Stevie good man to him all out in the north we're delighted for him and from cornerback we will now go to corner forward Cormac Maher 
Thanks a million, Stevie. Well, what a victory. Absolutely, a hard fought one. We were waiting a long time to play it. Came out in the semi final there two weeks ago, and you know, it was a hard battle there against Holy Cross today, but we, we dug deep and pulled it through. From the first minute, it was to and fro. We've been training hard for the last, you could say, year and a bit like for this game. We built up at the start of the year, for this game especially. We got through the West and came to the county final and we put in the hard yards two and three nights a week and I think the subs think our fitness told at the end and just a bit of heart as well. With three minutes to go there was only a point in it. Absolutely and you see what our boys can do inside you know we change the team around we forwards there that can play in any position we backs there that can play in any position. Mikey grabbed the goal at the end I think he saved his energy for the last few minutes but uh, he got the goal anyway and that was the winner. Cracker wasn't it? Absolutely great finish we know what he can do. Thanks a million Stevie Sound. Full forward to Coville, don't you? Thanks very much. Tough day at the races in there now, I'll tell you that. Hard, real slippy and wet and oh, it was tough now, the full back is strong so. But uh, we stuck into it in the end now. It was, it was, I came off at the last water break, but jeez, my nerves were gone watching it, I'll tell you that. Oh my God, Mike and I were to go all in, it was brilliant. It's a great day. What does it mean to you and your family now? Oh, it, it means everything. I my little son there, Dara Junior, watching it there, and my nephew Thomas, and all the two of them at the Rovers jerseys. So to come off the field and see him running over to me is, means everything, you know, because I know someday I'll be standing in the sideline myself, looking in at him, and I know how it feels, you know. But Dara, so. you were in nearly eight months without a game. Oh, I know, it was tough. I lost a lot of fitness over the COVID, I tell you that. During the winter, I wasn't doing much training and stuff. Are and you saying you wintered well? I wintered well. <laughs> I, I tell you, I really wintered well, but I know we got back training there. And there was t there was 30 lads down at the field, you know. The, the vibes were brilliant. Every game, like every game, was there was a pint in it. Tui Var was a pint. We were playing last weekend. It was a draw in the county league. It's every game is tough, tough going. There's no game is simple. But uh, Jesus, I, I, we were lucky today in the end, and it was. I think all the hard work pays off, you know. And in fairness, there was no favourites going into this. There game. was no favourites, no. And just like Mike Dwyer there, like in credit where credit's due, you know. Probably the best hurler on the team, and you know people say best of luck before a game, but best of skill is what I say, and it just showed in the end when he got the goal, you know. It was brilliant. It was a great day for the Rovers. years ago, Mikey won a Munster under 21 football medal with Tip, and here he is 11 years I know, after yeah. County Junior hurling medal. I know, it's great. And I actually pulled away from hurling for a while myself, and I, I came back this year and it's probably the best thing i ever done. There's such a good group of lads in management here. There's a great buzz in the club and it's a great day for Ever Rovers. Thanks very much, Stevie. Cheers. Another All-Ireland winner with tip, Johnny Ryan. God, yeah, it was a hard-fought game now, but came out in the end, thank God. Just got the goal there at the end, sealed the deal. So it was point for point there at one stage. Thankfully, we just got the goal there at the end. You created space for yourself. Ah, sure, yeah, look, it's just for the last day. Found it a bit harder, more kind of confined, but in the midfield there, you've more of a license to roam, so I suppose maybe harder to mark the space. But no, I found that it was a great free-flowing game. Ref was excellent, let the game flow like, you know, and uh, thankfully, as I said, we got that goal. Goalkeeper Thomas Gleeson, well done. Thanks, Stevie. Uh, it was great. Everyone just put in some effort. Timmy Dalton and Q and uh, Eddie Moroni and then John Lillis came on board this year with, with Dennis. Um, it's a long time waiting, Stevie. Hard a long time. That's great. It's just fantastic. Great club at the minute, going in the right direction. 160 over in the cool camp this week. Incredible set up there with Conal driving the show and he's unlucky to get the red car today and the effort that the boys are putting in with the underage, the coach. Darren Cornell, Tommy Lowry, they're all putting it back in at the underage in the club and that's the big difference, you know, we're all a big family, they're the soundest guys ever heard of and it's just some relief winning it today, Stevie. It just means everything. Last year Davin's betters again, again the better team. I knew it was now or never. Unbelievable team performance today. So I just want to thank everyone and it's great having the crowds back. We played Borland in the challenge match going back three, four weeks ago, and Michael Ryan and Seamus O'Reilly were there. They're just incredible club men and 
and uh, Jory Ring has done a mention today, fantastic in the speech. Uh, what a man, taught us in school, always here for the pictures, and uh, we just wish him the best, and it means everything to me and my family, Stevie. Cashel King Comics are county junior B hurling champions for the first time in the club's history. And as this was a 2020 competition, it's the first county adult title in 29 years. And straight after the final whistle, I caught up with some of the people involved. And we will first hear from club chairman Aidan Wren. Fantastic day for Cashel King Comics. Yeah, as you said, it's our first junior or senior county hurling title since 1991, which is 30 years. And um, uh, we're just thrilled to have won it today. It's a proud day for, for our club because it's not every day you win a, a county adult championship final and they're very hard to come by and we're delighted with, the, with today's result. Conditions were really difficult for the players. Very difficult conditions and tough opponents. Courtney Hu gave it everything today as we knew they would and I think we just had a small bit, a little bit more maybe than them today and in our forwards uh, we got the goals at, at the right time points at the right time our defenders as usual were super today kept Gorton Hulads out so often blocked hooked defended really well so we're, we're delighted with the with the performance we're delighted with results and we, we just want to, to say our look as well to, to Gorton Hu uh, we know how it's like to well it's like to lose finals what it's like to lose big matches it's not easy it's not it's not a nice uh, place to be and we would uh, wish Gorton Hu every success going forward with this team and with the club in all their teams for the coming season. Thank you, Aidan. No problem, Stevie. And manager Peter Fitzell is now about to address the players, so let's have a listen. We all know what this means to me. I'd like to thank each and every one of you for the commitment you've given to the three of us. Without you, we couldn't have this cup going home. So me guys are going to move on to Cena Holland. Unfortunately, some of you are probably going to drop down to Juno B. We have to kick on again, lads, next week. There's no give up now. You can class this the end of last season or the beginning of next season, whichever you like. We've been a long time waiting to get a senior hurling cup back in Cashel. We have it now, lads. The 91 is forgotten. You're the guys that they'll be looking at from now on. Right? Enjoy yourself tonight. We will be in contact with you as to what's going on next week. But we're kicking on again next week. Well done, lads. Just as club chairman to address yeah, and congratulate you sincerely on today's fantastic result. It's our first adult junior B or senior hurling title county since 1991, which is 30 years. So it's a it's massive achievement. The club, the executive committee, and the whole club and the whole community of Cashel are very proud of you after today's win. A super performance from every single body and everybody on the panel. We're very proud of you. You've represented Cashel with such honour, with such pride. We've nothing but the utmost respect for every single one of you for what you've done. And they honour you, Brock Cashel. So congratulations sincerely to you, lads. Thank you. I then had a word with team selector Timmy Maloney and I put it to him from start to finish that really was only one winner, Cashel King Comics. No, look, Stephen, um, through the week there we had a bit of sad news in the club. One of our players got a bad injury and he's in a coma below in hospital. We had a chat with these players on Friday night about it. And I'll be honest with you, Stephen, their reaction on Friday night, I walked out of the dressing room and I said to the boys, it'll take a manic team to bait these group of lads because they were offered and no matter what was going to happen today, they were going to take this cup out of here today. You know? We send out good wishes. Yeah, for Ross Williams, yes, 100%. And I'll have no doubt about it, I'm not ashamed to say it. Ross would have been playing today. 100% he would have been playing. Ross is a versatile player. Ross Dyle couldn't make it last weekend. Ross hadn't played in goal 
for three years. He played minor wing forward for me last year in the minor championship. Came on in the West Fine and scored three points from play. And I went to him and I said, Ross, I need you to stand in goal. I said, for the county semi-final. Timmy, he says, no matter where you want me to play, I'll play. That's the kind of attitude that Ross had. And he's a lovely young fella. And all our wishes are with the Whelan family. And hopefully we'll bring down the cup to him during the week there. And look, great occasion for the club as well. 30 years since we lifted the senior trophy in the club. But Jesus, I didn't think when we won in 91 that it would take 30 years to win another one, Stephen. But you know, I'll be honest with you, Stephen, it's great as well, Stephen, to go up Junior A on our own merit. We're going up as Junior B champions. So we are going to be Junior A next year and Junior B. Well done there too, Timmy. I didn't have a chat with Chief Scorer Adrian Cummins. And as I put it to him, again, he topped the scoring charts with 111. Yeah, I am yeah, relieved now. A bit nervous before the game, but delighted uh, that I was able to tip over a few today. Got a few the last day, but um, look, I think we, that we all chipped in there today. Mossy Skeff got, I think it was two goals there. Uh, we all contributed. The last day, one or two lads chipping in, but I think from 1 to 15 today and the subs that come on, they all contributed. In your last three games, you had 2.32 scored. I can now bring that up to 3.33, so well done to you. Yeah, thanks very much, Stevie. Timmy was just saying there in his own speech a little bit earlier about Ross Whelan. And this game was really one of the games that you were able to win at all costs for it. It was, yeah, hundred um, percent. Look, it just goes to show, I suppose. You put, I suppose, hurling matches up there on a pedestal, but when something like that happens, you realise what's really important in life. I mean, that man togged out in the county semi-final last weekend for us. Twenty-four hours later, he finds himself inside in the hospital. You know, we all had it, I suppose, in the back of our heads that he is in there, and it gave us that extra motivation to drive on and actually win it for him. Finally, uh, the Brown Ryan transfer saga is over. Um, Kickums are not going to appeal. That uh, was confirmed today at five o'clock. So the the two Browns and three Ryans are now, once they're registered officially, casual players. It's uh, it's good that it's over and done with. I suppose at this stage, it dragged on quite a while. Does that mean now Ross have gone in with the tip hundred twenties? Well, once they're registered, they're eligible for. For temporary action, yeah. They're probably training them outside in Dr. Morris there. I suppose so. Sure, they ever not in there. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. It's a, it's a good thing that it's over done, but you'd be sick of listening to it. I, I, I think Nakavilla are dead right. Like, there's no point. It, it was never going to make any difference. So, Today. just let it just get past it now and just the situation's done with. Just move on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was getting tiresome. Everyone kind of knowing that. Yeah. So you just go off and play a cash. Like, kind of got the stage where. Everyone's like, go and do it, like, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I, th I think, in fairness, I, I, I'll have to compliment Kickums. I think they put up a good fight. They, they, they fought the fight for, for the GA and the parish rule and, and did it well. But at the end of the day, I think I said it there two weeks ago, we, we don't want to lose these guys to the GA either. And, and I think it was very evident that they weren't going to play for, for Kickums. But um, it's, uh, yeah, it is what it is, I suppose, now. And Cashel, I suppose, they're, they're, they're after gaining four... Uh, county standard players which will make them big threat in the Seamus Arena and then like only last weekend they won the Junior B so they're they're gone up Junior A and they're also putting in a Junior B team as well so they're gone to three teams so casual are a, a club that are really coming on strong aren't they? Yeah they are um, traditionally they've had strong hurling teams down the years and I think the last 10 or 15 years especially they've been they've been very poor for whatever reason maybe you'd have a better idea why but um you know, the town teams need to be strong, I think. And for a, a town the size of Cashel, they need to be producing good hurlers and good teams. And look, um, 
the only thing for them is if they win anything from here on in with those players, like it's going to always have that asterisk beside it that you only won because you got them four Nocavilla lads. So um, it'll be interesting to see how they go with the new lads in there, if it'll cause any hassle or if they'll just go about their business straight away. But uh, yeah, it's good to have it over and done with anyway. Yeah, on, on paper, Sean, they look very strong. I mean, you have those four guys coming in. You'll have Owen Connolly, who was on the bench for Tip last weekend. You have Connor Dwyer, who was a member of the, the 20s panel. Ryan Dwyer, who has come back from, from Cashel. Now, Ryan is probably in the, the twilight of his career, but he, he's back then with them. And then you, you have a couple of other guys, the kind of Jack McGrath, and, and you, I see Farrell Dunne, who was playing with the Irish rugby team. So, I mean, if, if he hurls this year, he's going to be a serious addition to them. Um, they, 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 on paper, they look very strong. Oh, they do look and like even last number of years we played them in intermediate and even I seen them in juniors. There seemed to be a club coming up and then they said there should we go in place and like again you want this to drive on and not let this kind of dampen and know it's just happened and shouldn't have happened but you know just go far from there and like make what you can of it now because they're giving every chance. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, that's all we have time for this week, folks. Um. We'll be back next week, hopefully, um, celebrating a win over Kerry in the football and looking forward to a Munster final clash with, with all rivals Limerick. Um, thanks to Sean and Inda and Anthony Shelley for, for joining us here on the Premier View Tipperary GA podcast. And we'll see you all next week. Tipper Darnaboo. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.